Well, Twitter suspends another Christian organization. This time it was focused on the family's magazine, The Daily Citizen, for saying something that, by all accounts, was factually true. At any rate, this is the world we're living in. Welcome to Church Public. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to Church Public. I am glad that you joined us today. We want to continue on talking about things that occur in faith and culture, things that affect you, that affect me, that are um, impactful to this life. If you are a follower of Jesus, thanks for tuning in and you want to be part of the world. I want to help you be part of this world, not just sit back on your couch and let it fly by. I don't believe that's what we're called to as followers of Jesus. I believe that we're called to be involved in the world. Jesus says, in the world, but not of the world. There's a distinction there. Obviously, we don't want to look exactly like the world. And if we are looking exactly like the world, then we're not doing something right either. There is a space in the middle there where you're not sitting back and letting the world pass you by. And you're not becoming like the world, but instead bringing the truth, bringing the light to the world. Today, we're talking especially about truth. We're talking about speech and we're talking about why speech is important and why being able to say what you believe is important too. So again, thank you for joining us. Feel free to pray for us, to share, to like. You can check out the social medias at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, as long as they will have us. We're at Church Public at all of those places. Um, If you go to at churchpublic.com, then you can connect to all of those different locations. You can check out the podcast. If you want to support, you can go to churchpublic.com support. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to provide you good content that informs you and helps you engage this culture from where you are, from a biblical worldview, from a follower of Jesus worldview. And I think that's really important as we move into this new phase, this new phase of life, this new phase of reality where... Uh, You don't always know how this world is going to react to you. Jesus has said that this world is not going to like you. Um, He even said it's stronger. The world is going to hate you for following after him. And in fact, it hated him. And, And that's why he ended up dying. But the good news is he died for us. And now we have this freedom and we have this calling to proclaim that truth, to proclaim that reality to the world. And we need to do that in a way that makes sense. Go back and listen to the last one where I talk about Athens. I talk about Paul in Athens. I talk about why you have to reframe some of the things that you uh, believe about sharing Jesus and, and how we can do that in a way that is effective and how we can do that in a way that addresses the culture where the culture is. That's the most important thing. We just have to Keep in mind where the culture is and how we are going to address this culture. That's why I started this and I'm going to keep going as long as God gives me breath in my lungs. So today we're talking about speech. And as I mentioned at the beginning, Twitter has censored another organization. This time it was a Christian organization. It was an organization connected to Focus on the Family and it was called The Daily Citizen. It's a magazine and uh, I want to read you what they said in their quote, in their article. And then I want to read you some about Twitter and what they had to say in response. So this is um, the direct quote from The Daily Citizen. It was, quote, 
a transgender woman, that is, a man who believes he is a woman. So for that, while it seems to be factually true, uh, this violates Twitter's speech rules and was considered violence. Now, they were saying this about the person Biden appointed for the Assistant Secretary of Health. This uh, new person uh, assigned to this position is, um, you know, how do you describe things if you can't describe them as they are? And, And that's what this article was trying to do. It was not derogatory. Uh, I Hopefully, no, I'm not being derogatory either. It's just at some point you have to describe things in the way that they are and you have to say this is what it is or, or how else can you, how else can we have a society because if we can't agree on what the meaning of the words are and we can't agree on what words mean, then we, we just can't have meaningful conversation. I mean, that, that's just baseline of being human. Part of being human is saying words to another human and then them responding. That's just just basic communication, right? And so uh, Twitter wrote in a subsequent email to the magazine, uh, the Daily Citizen, your account has been locked for violating the Twitter, Twitter rules, excuse me, specifically for violating our rules against hateful contact. You may not promote violence against, threaten or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, serious disease, end quote. So um, essentially, these words are now violence. And I think that's a point that we have to stick on for a moment because the words are violence. So we used to live in this culture where speech was free. In other words, you can say what you believe, say what you mean, and other people can interpret that. They can ignore you, uh, those types of things. But now we're at this place where the words you say actually are exactly like physical violence. And and that is a point that is, that is important to understand um, while at the same time, some of the actual violence that happened this last year was not violence because that was just using your perspective to illustrate to the world what you believe or feel. So again, in this quest for meaning of words and what do words really mean and how do we really make sense of all this, we get really confused because the words that we say don't mean what we say or think or emote, but the things that we do don't equal the things that they are. If you're confused, yes, this is very confusing. And, and that's why I'm trying to get some hold on it and, and trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure it out like the rest of you and, and trying to figure out how do we operate in this kind of worldview and, and this kind of system. So, and what I want to say too is this is not just a Christian or a conservative issue. Um, it, it really affects everyone. And and so there was a, um, there was a person, let me get her name, um, who was a journalist, Megan Murphy, who is not a conservative, not a Christian, as far as I can tell. And they, uh, she rather posted on Twitter uh, a while ago that again, men are not women and was kicked off the platform as well. Um, so my, my point is this, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a conservative, Christian, liberal, left, uh, if you say the wrong things in these places, you cannot exist in these places. And that's the thing that I keep coming back to that just isn't good for society. Now, there always are rules 
And there always have been rules for speech. Speech has never been fully free. And even even um, celebrities are weighing in on this. I think the latest that I saw was Ethan Hawke, uh, celebrity movie star. Now he's uh, writing a book, but uh, he came out and said, quote, in the light of cancel culture and shaming, while a lot of this is helpful, it's difficult time to say I want to be open about the idiosyncrasies of human sexuality, end quote. He said that to The Guardian. And again, the, the problem here is that we just aren't able to say what we need to say. And even in art, and he goes on to, to talk about this a little bit. You can go read the article if you, if you want to. Um, but he goes on to say, and I, I believe this is true, art and even especially comedy, but art used to be a conversation about what is good, what is not good, what you can do, what you can't do, because art is supposed to illuminate a part of culture that is hard to talk about. And you do that through, I mean, for centuries, it used to be through paintings, and then it was through pictures, and then it was through moving pictures, and then movies, and, you know, on and on and on. And now we can't, even this artist, right, who works in Hollywood and makes movies is now saying this is really hard because we used to make movies for a point and now it's scary to even say that point because you might be canceled if you say the point that the people don't like and and that that art and artists should live on the edge of culture to illuminate the parts of culture that we don't like and we don't understand or or we need to deal with that that has been the role of art again for centuries even even millennia and we've 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 closed that down and in history societies that close down things like art and things like speech just don't have the happy ending that you generally want them to have so we're looking at this speech and we're looking at this this new code of speech right um i'm just calling it a code because i don't have a, i don't have a better word for it but it's it's this new you know code guidelines that you're only allowed to say the certain things that are allowed and you're not allowed to say other things and and we have i i want to be kind of clear that there has always been a code it's not like you you do have some people arguing that free speech should just be ultimately free and you can say whatever you want to say and it's no problem and just allow everybody to say everything and it really has never been like that there always have been limits to speech even from the beginning of the founding of this country because you can't allow all speech. Um, you you can't say all speech is good. There there always are limits to that, and and you can obviously think of examples of the limits to that, like screaming, you know, bomb or fire or or you know, to be more historical, Heil Hitler or something like that. Like those are not okay things, and there should be consequences and repercussions for that because they lead to. Uh, conclusions that aren't good for society but the point of speech needs to come from the culture and now the culture has shifted to where the speech itself is confused because honestly the culture is confused and we've talked a lot about that here Um, the culture is confused because it doesn't know what it wants and then the very meaning of certain words and the meaning of certain speech is not the same and it doesn't make sense so this is a problem because if you don't know what words mean and you don't know how to communicate with another human, I don't know how to put that in a different way. Like if you, if you can't communicate with another human, then your speech doesn't mean anything. And then we don't have a society and you're just, you're just grunting at each other. And you're, we're back to caveman times and trying to figure out 
what is it you're saying? Like we have to agree on words. It, it really is important. Um, and we have to agree on these words based on morality. And that's where I'm coming from today. Morality is this place that I've talked about before from something outside of yourself. Morality has to come from a value that is bigger than you as an individual. It has to come from a value that is based on society or um, as I would argue, my morality and, and the a good morality comes from the Bible, biblical values. And that is the the Jewish and then the Christian faith. Um, as, as you read through that and as you pull values out of that, then your speech reflects those values. Even the Ten Commandments, if you go back and read them, their values and your speech reflects the values. And for thousands of years in Western civilization, the speech that you have reflected the values of the Bible. And um, and and it was this merging of this Greek idea of the political system through Aristotle, who even also talked about speech. Aristotle said that that speech was the thing that distinguished you from animals. We're going to get to animals in a second. And then the merging of that Greek polis, the the the, the city, the political system, and biblical values to create this society that was based on a Western worldview and biblical values. And the speech came out of those values. When you disconnect God, when you disconnect values, when you disconnect morality in the Bible, then what happens is this vacuum is created and something has to pull into that vacuum that that your speech reflects and your speech comes out of. But the problem that has happened is the culture has gotten rid of these values so much that they don't know what their values are. No one agrees on what these values are. And so speech doesn't make sense. Here's a great example of how speech doesn't make sense. And this is back to Aristotle saying that speech is what separates humans from animals. So that's what Aristotle said again a couple of thousand years ago. Um, and if you don't like Bible things, like that's outside of the Bible, right? Aristotle was not a believer. He was not a Christian, but he was interested in politics. He was interested in worldview. He was interested in philosophy and the place of a person in the world, in society, in the universe, right? And, and so he actually has this long discourse about the place of humans, the place of animals. I'll spare you all those details. You can go read it. I think it's interesting. You may or may not. But his point is that because we have speech, we're able to not only describe things, but communicate. And, and again, that's what I'm talking about. Communication is an important part of humanity because without communication, we're not human. We're not any different from animals. And that's what I believe some people want you to think at this point. So um, I think I think this is an interesting thing that has happened. And and this is kind of a news a newsworthy thing. So um, PETA, the uh, the uh, pro animal organization um wants you to change your language as well in favor of the animals so a couple months ago they came out with with some things like this here's a couple um instead of saying kill two birds with one stone maybe you've heard that right metaphor you should feed two birds with one stone that makes sense right uh instead of being the guinea pig maybe you've used that you'd be the guinea pig for something be the test tube i'm gonna use that next time right i'll just be the test tube for jumping off this rock yeah, probably not. Anyway, um, instead of beat a dead horse, you should feed a dead horse because obviously 
Oh, I'm sorry. I said it wrong because feeding a dead horse doesn't make sense since they're dead. So I apologize. That's my, my mistake. Feed a fed horse. So if the horse is already fed, then feed it again. That metaphor makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, bring home the bacon, which of course would be if you were a farmer and you farmed pigs, then bacon symbolized money and that metaphor makes sense. But instead, let's bring home the bagels because you like bagels and, and you're hungry. Again, uh, they fall apart a little bit. So this is my favorite one, though. Um, take the bull by the horns. No, no, you can't take the bull by the horns because that's cruel. Instead, you should take the flower by the thorns. So the hurt and the injury is inflicted on you. I don't know if you have roses or have had roses or have pruned roses. Uh, I can say that I have and have been pricked many times. But instead of insulting animals, you should just take the injury and take the flower by the thorns next time. You want to really do something. I don't know. Anyway, these are these are the suggestions. But just to give you a couple more because it didn't stop there. That was a few months ago. Now, this latest one that's come out is don't use animals as insults because that's speciesism. Um, so if you call someone a chicken, that is mean to the animal. Instead, you should call them a coward. Just use the actual word. Um, and it, it goes on. There's several things i my again my favorite on this one is sloth don't call people a sloth just call them lazy now actually i don't have that much of a problem with this because as i like words i want you to use the word that's the right word so if you want to call somebody lazy just call them somebody lazy however again going back to an artistic view it's much more artistic and funny to call somebody a sloth it reminds me of the zootopia movie maybe you've seen it but they go to their version of the 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 dmv where, where you get your license and things like that. And of course, the people that work at the DMV are sloths. And that's a funny joke. If they were just a bunch of lazy people, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny. But the fact that they're sloths and then it takes hours and hours, like that's funny. Anyway, I, I know when you explain a joke, it's not as funny. I get that. But you know what I mean? Like words are important and and words make sense and words make sense of the world. And that's the important thing. We have to make sense of the world and we use our words to make sense of the world. So when the words don't make sense and you call one thing another thing and the same thing the same thing, then then what are we what are we saying? We're literally just babbling. And and I, I you know, how are we going to move forward literally as a society? Right. So our little boys, little boys, or our little boys, girls, or our boys, girls, and boys, and it's all the same, or um, to, to be more specific to this time, we have some people who are saying we love this country, and this country was founded on good ideals, and we have some people saying we hate this country, and we want to burn this country to the ground. Those, those things are mutually exclusive by definition they're not the same thing. So when someone says, I want democracy, but I hate this country and I want to burn it down, that's not the typical definition of democracy. Again, the typical definition would be, I love this country and I want to support it. And, and so those meanings, those definitions can't exist in the same place at the same time. And there are endless examples of this that keep coming up. So, it's, so we have to be clear about our words and then we have to use our words to say the things. And the problem is, again, there are tech companies. There are just companies that if you say the wrong thing, you won't be on the platform. You may lose your job. Um, and and I, I believe what I'm seeing is this trend is accelerating. And you have people terrified of saying the wrong thing on social media. You have people terrified of saying the wrong thing at their office or their business because 
if you say the wrong thing, you're fired, you're canceled from your business. Again, I've gone through examples before. I can go through a bunch of more examples. And it is not just conservative. There are several prominent, liberal, even leftist people who have said one wrong thing and they're out forever. Like Barry Weiss um, with, I believe it was the New York Times, with Brett Weinstein, with a with a a, a professor. He was a professor up in, I want to say Washington. I don't have that information right in front of me, but you can check that. But again, these are some people who are not conservative, they're not Christian, they're not they're liberal, leftist even, um, and they were kicked out immediately for saying basically one wrong thing or having one wrong viewpoint. So the, to think this is only on one side, to think it's only about Christianity is very myopic and it's very small focused. And we have to realize this is a bigger thing and this will come for everybody if you say the wrong thing. If you don't believe me, read something like, Solzhenitsyn's the the Gulag Archipelago. I know that's a big sentence, but just Google that. He was a guy who lived in Russia, who went through the Gulags, and watched the way that they came after people just for thoughts or just for words or views that they expressed, and there was no end to it. Now I'm not saying we're there. I hope we don't get there, but this is where that road leads. That's all I'm saying. So, and the reason, and, and what I lean to is speech is what distinguishes us from other animals. You heard that from Aristotle, but you hear it from the Bible. And and again, I want to always come back to the Bible from the very beginning, from Genesis, right? Genesis 1, um, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then 1, 3, listen to this, and God said, right? God uses words to create. And then you have Genesis 1, 6, 1, 9, 1, 11, 1, 14, 1, 20, and on and on. God said, God said, God said, and it was. Speech creates, words create, and we have to know that and realize that even if speech is unliked, if it's unwanted, it still is powerful and it still has meaning and you have the power to use your words for good or for evil. It can be used for evil and it has been used for great evil and we don't want that. We want speech to be used for good and we should be using it for good. Um, And just one more, John 1 In John 1, John, um, who wrote this book, said, again, basically just like Genesis 1, in the beginning, you know, and but then he connects the word to Jesus. And that's what's important here, right? The the word and Jesus are the same because Jesus is the one that spoke the world into being and Jesus is the truth in body and Jesus is the word. And so we want to be people of the truth, people of the word, people who utilize this and and grow and and show this truth. And so when things are not true, it's our duty, it's our responsibility to stand up and lean into them and say, I that might not make you feel good, but but it's not true. And again, you have to have grace in this. If you are truth with no grace, you're just mean and you're vindictive. And we don't want that. You have to have grace. But if you're all grace, then there's no truth. And then you're just wishy-washy. So that's why Jesus is 100% grace, 100% truth. You have to put those together and be graceful and truthful. And that's a hard place to live. But that's what we're called to do. And that's how we're called to live. So I hope that you can do that. I hope that you can live. I hope that you are You can have boldness and not be scared of the people that don't like what you have to say. As Jesus has told us, when you stand up for biblical values, when you stand up for Christianity, they're not going to like you. But we should do this because it's important and it's what we're called to do. So I always end with God bless you. And I do hope 
that you will keep the faith because this is an important thing that we need to lean into and it's an important thing for us all to do as we follow after Jesus. So again, keep the faith. See you next time.